You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. What did you think of the uh, the finale? <laughs> that was it. Was my least favorite episode. Wait, of the season. are we in? Spo- wow. Are we still in spoiler zone? Yeah, I think so. it's not are only forty eight hours since that happened, right? Yeah, I mean seventy two by the time okay, this so goes we up. Can't, but still. We can't really talk. We'll save it for afterwards. We could talk a little bit about Game of Thrones because okay. I, I have some thoughts as well. Okay, cool. Um, so hmm. I got to see like since we didn't record last week. Uh, and we did the uh, the Beauty and the Beast replay. Uh, I got to fit in a couple of movies. Yeah, making it up for lost time, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Um, we, uh, we being Sarah and I, went to those Alamo for All screenings where you could take like a baby and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so she was, you know, obviously she's on maternity leave. She had James. Uh, and it was the, the 14th, which is the anniversary of mom's death. So I take off work every year for that day. Uh, just kind of make it a family day. That day I had a dentist appointment. And then uh, was heading back home, and I called Sarah. I was like, what do you say we go do an Alamo for All screening? Guys, if you don't have a draft house, you don't know what Alamo uh, for All you're is. missing out. You go to yeah. Alamo Draft House. It's like the first two or three screenings of a movie on Tuesdays. Uh, you could go ahead. You could bring kids. Uh, they keep the lights on just a little bit, and it's the volume of the movie is down just a tad. Uh, and they don't like get pissy at you if you're making noise, if you're talking or whatever. So it's basically like an AMC theater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, you know, the Cinemark Dollar Theater that's right down the street. There may be some children crying. Actually, it's not that bad. If, if, yeah. you're still, if you're being loud, like you're still asked to like try to keep the volume down. Like you could talk, but if their baby's like crying uncontrollably. They will you kick are, it out. You are encouraged. Yeah, the baby gets <laughs> you kicked You raise out. a card. They get, <laughs> and they take the baby. No, they, uh, they just encourage Sir, you to go outside to and try to crying. soothe the baby and then mm. come on back in. Mm. So, no. We ended up going and checking out Detective Pikachu, which which was awesome. Yeah, I heard it's fun. It's super fun. Would a non Pokemon fan like myself enjoy it? Do I have to know the character? Is this like a Marvel movie? Where no, I-, I think if you know the Pokemon, it makes it more fun. Mm-hmm. You know kind of what they do, what their gimmicks are, but they do a really good job of explaining like the key ones that they interact with. Yeah. They do a great job of explaining like really quick. Oh, it's this Pokemon, and this is what they do. That's about it. But there's, you know, there's some uh, there's some Easter eggs for fans. Mm. Uh, are, are you either of you Pokemon fans? Okay, right all right. So there's there's a point where they uh, they find themselves in some trouble, and Pikachu pulls out like a Magikarp, and people are like, "What are you gonna do with a Magikarp? Boy, he can't do anything." And he turns into a Gyarados, and like you're like, "Oh, yeah." So you're like, "Oh, oh shit." shit. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's it's super it's super fun super cute great script uh, I would put it up there with like the first Lego movie with as really? far as wow. like how, how clever it is and how it can uh, speak to both young audiences and older audiences really because a lot of people are worried that like it going live and honestly Ryan Reynolds being Deadpool and right. then also Pikachu that'd be a little weird but... yeah no you know what his his performance his voice performance is so sincere really? and, and so strong. It, it it really uh, it it strikes it it is definitely the best video game adaptation movie like and wow. that, and that's not Strong just saying words. because the bar is so low yeah it really elevates it it hmm. you now have a legit video game film nice um, move over doa I know <laughs> Tomb Raider you finally met your match uh, we I also finally got to see John Wick three 
Oh yeah! After my car broke I know down, you love them uh, yet again. Oh, dude, the John Wick movies are so fun. Oh, they're amazing! Fun. I love they're that first so one. They're so good. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will say that I feel like the franchise is starting to wear a little thin Ooh, with this one. Well, I just heard today that they've already greenlit a John four. Wick Four. Are you so, because oh, the, yeah. the movie ends straight up with a clip. Sorry, guys, spoilers. Uh, the movie ends straight <laughs> up with a uh, with like a cliffhanger leading to the next film. Hmm. And I think that's part of what kind of I was disappointed about. The second one did that too, but it felt like kind of a natural progression. Like mm. it was the, it was leading to something bigger, like a conclusion, a bigger mm-hmm. conclusion. Whereas the first one was a strong movie on its own, and yeah. you kind of just imagine, like, all right, that's I don't an think they unexpected. Ever hit. thought that was going to be a franchise? Exactly. And then the second one, I was surprised. I ended up really liking it, and was going, okay, they're leading into a sequel, and that's what's going to wrap up the whole story. So. By the end of this movie, where I'm like, oh, we're doing another one? I was starting to feel that John Wick fatigue start to set in, mm, where I'm like... John Wick 4. I How mean, that... <laughs> but but this was still a good movie. There, there was nothing wrong with it, but it definitely felt like a movie that they put together to be the bridge between something. Mm-hmm. Whereas it didn't feel quite like it was its the strongest on its own, hmm. but it was like, all right, we just, you know, we're going to... Make a little bit more money. We're going to milk this franchise a little bit longer. John Wick flies away at the end. Into space. The camera. That's right. On a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone gets pissed off because that's not the character progression they were anticipating. <laughs> uh, this is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. Mine's Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're good movies, sometimes bad movies. No matter what the case, every week we will get together or try every week to get together and talk about a movie. Uh, and we invite you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, and those of you watching on the, the Facebook Live app, Hi. Uh, we, we Synchronized waving. Encourage you to talk back to us. Uh, you can go to facebook.com slash editing bay or in the search bar, put in editing bay. That's going to bring up an image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Uh, and that's where you can talk back to us. Now, we have talked about the past, the past few weeks now. We've done the Facebook Live thing. And I know if you're on the editing bay fan page, you're not seeing this. Uh, this is actually this is on my personal page right Why now. Why are we doing this? Because we we have more listeners on my page. That sounds about do. right. I feel that. So what I'm doing is I'm trying to pull people from my my friends list on over to the editing bay page. Maybe next week we do yours. Well, you're gonna no. I I think we should keep it with yours, and you'll just get a lot of new friend requests this week from our editing bay listeners. So from all four, be prepared of those for the deluge, Joe. <laughs> So uh, we are keeping with our tradition every month doing a movie based on an anime or an animated feature, uh, a live action version of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this time we are digging deep. We're we're going to. Uh, is it though, dude? Yeah, this this is a deep. But cut. people know this. Like I knew this movie. Yeah, and but, I'm only. But it's based on what I'm talking about is the source material that it's based on. Ah, yes. It's based on an anime that started in the early '80s, and then they made a movie in 1986. And what we're talking about is Fist of the North Star. And a really quick summary of what Fist of the North Star is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about this post-apocalyptic world. It's almost kind of like the Japanese Mad Max. Yeah, uh, it does yeah. go that way, does Where it? the world is kind of run by different schools of martial arts. And the most uh, prolific uh, and prominent are the North Star, the mm-hmm. school of the North Star, mm-hmm. and the school of the South Star. Uh, and they're supposed to be the ones that are like keeping the balance and the order in the world when suddenly, like, you know... Greed and starts to kind of set in, mm-hmm. and people start to betray each other. Uh, and our hero Kenshiro or Ken uh, is betrayed by one of his friends, and then returns. And it's kind of a story of revenge, but it's also a story about hope. And you know, there's this conservation of nature message that's going on with the anime. Uh, and so, in 1995, some genius decided <laughs> <laughs> they were going to adapt this as a live action film. 
starring like Chris Penn and Malcolm McDowell yes. and MTV's downtown Julie Brown. <laughs> so all the A-listers <laughs> yes. rolling out for this one. Everybody that you would expect. Uh, and so, yeah, they, they made this film, uh, which, Joel, it was interesting. You were saying this before we started recording. It was interesting, that, wasn't it? That it was. Uh, that you felt like, because you didn't watch the anime. Tess and I both watched yes. the anime and we watched the live action right. film. Did you introduce our guest properly, by the way? Do, no, does I was, the audience I was getting ready to. Well, you just said his name. You so always fuck up my flow. Right, cut that part out. Cut that part out. <laughs> I mean, we're and well into the so, episode at this point. What I'm going to do is continue and finish my thought. <laughs> and then I'm going to introduce Everybody that. on the Facebook page is like, who's that person? That yeah, they're the reason they're doing it is because you have absolutely <laughs> no clue. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to have to ask you to stop being so fucking rude. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> this is my house, motherfucker. <laughs> guys, guys. <laughs> he just offends the table. Uh, Take no, a water bottle. So, so <laughs> Tess and Where's I both fight? watched the uh, the anime and we watched the live action film. Who's Tess? And you didn't watch the you you watched the live action one. I did. Yes. And you had said before, and you were like, you know, it's really interesting. I'm I'm waiting to see like what happens because it seemed like they were ripping scenes straight from the anime. It fe- yeah. it felt like that. There's no way that if they were going to make a live action film. Some of the ways that they were filming these things and presenting them, like that's not that's not what you do in live action. That is, however, stuff you see all the time in anime. These these the cross fade montages mm-hmm. with voiceover and yeah. um, not unlike what you would see in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yes, yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Except Just not, not as skillfully not as, done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So Joel pointed out we do have a guest joining us again. He joined us for one of our previous anime episodes, that's right? Where we talked about uh, Dragon Ball. Yes, we did, and. Uh, since then, I got to do a voice on a Dragon Ball. No way! Did you? Yeah. Don't oh, talk about it. I can't say oh. anything else, but oh. I was so excited to get that call and be like, fuck yeah. Nice. All right, cool. That was, dude, when I got back to work after the session, Tess gets up and he's like, shakes my hand. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. I was like, man, you're like a weird stepfather. <laughs> like, I don't know how to show my affection. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who didn't catch that Dragon Ball episode, Tess is a huge fan and yeah. was trying very hard to give us the full history on the Dragon Ball franchise. I learned a lot that episode. I'm glad he was there to add some context. And, uh, he, did. he added some color. <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> I, I love him. And that's why I wanted Tess to come back because I love Because nobody will put up with your abuse. Put up with it. No, but I love what he had to say about anime and his passion for it. And I loved, what I loved is Fist of the North Star is the first anime I ever watched. Like before, oh, really? before Akira, I watched wow. Fist of the North Star. How were you exposed to it? Uh, you know, I would see ads for it. Just like I would see for Akira, I, I would see like in these previews magazines mm-hmm. that you would get like comic shops. And they would show like manga and stuff that yep. like coming out. And I'd see these like awesome pictures, these these drawings. And I'm like, oh my God, I love that Japanese style. That's why yeah. I love like Jim Lee with, you know, back in the Marvel days and now with DC. Because mm-hmm. he brings some of that Asian. That, that's that, true. That, and it's like, oh, this is so beautiful. I love that style. Uh, and that's what I, that's where I saw it. And so I'm walking through. I don't know, Joel, if you remember in the mall, there used to be a Suncoast movie store uh, yes I do fuck yeah so I would go through like everyone's you don't know what Suncoast was it's Sun many a dollar what so is it it was a movie store that was in the mall it's the it's orange drink like, that yeah. you get out of there <laughs> it's an orange Julius is it like Black Blast Sunkist oh Sunkist like, 
I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like my Coke Zero orange With orange vanilla? slice? Wow. Mm. Oh, sun kiss. I know that. Thanks to our new sponsor, Coca-Cola, this week on the editing bank. Yeah, you didn't know that. That's, uh, that's great. Uh, no, so uh, Suncoast was, uh, it was a movie store in the mall, and they had like a shit ton of selections like as far as movies went, but it was all VHS. Like This was pre-DVD era. Oh, wow. And, uh, and yet, so they, they'd had an anime section. I'd kind of peruse the anime section and stuff, and I would always see the cover for this movie called Fist of the North Star. I'm like, oh, this looks so badass. Yeah. So I ended up buying it one day. And, you know, my mother, Italian immigrant, had no idea what the fuck anime was. <laughs> so she just sees the cover of this, and she's like, oh, you bought, like, a new G.I. Joe movie. You, it, <laughs> sure. And I'm like, okay. And so we put it in, and I'm watching it. Uh-oh. And, like... I mean, you saw yes. <laughs> within minutes, like there's people putting hands in the chest and like blood and skulls Heads exploding, exploding. Yeah. women ripping their dresses off. And there's like, no rating on the boxes yeah, back in the day. No, wow. No, they would they would have like fine print that was like this movie is intended for mature audiences, but like they didn't. It wasn't like a, a rating. They didn't rate anime. So mm. there you go. Yeah. So I'm watching this, and like while my mother's being offended by the shit that's going on, <laughs> this is one of the weird things where like my stepfather continued to sit and watch it with me and thought it was kind of badass, and and like I sat there and and I didn't get like so fixated on like the the titillation of like the the violence and and the news like I was really digging the animation style the oh, music yeah. that they put into it, and uh, and it became like one of those things that just imprinted itself on me at an early age. So when several years later, when I realized there was a live action film that they made about it, and I can't remember how I came across it, I, I think if I'm, I'm, gu- going I'm guessing to, the dollar bin at Blockbuster. No. no, if I'm going to be if I'm going to be completely honest, which I never am on this podcast, uh, I uh, I was watching late night Showtime, and I think I was waiting to see like what the next skin flick was going to be that was going to come on. That sounds about right. And like. Yeah. I don't know if you remember, like it would show like on on the cable. I don't know if they still do it because I don't watch those channels live anymore. But it would show like it would say the lineup. This is before you had like a menu on the TV that you could access. Oh yeah. So it would say like next up this movie, and then later this, and then this at this time. And so I was watching, and it said like Fist of the North Star. I was like, oh, are they going to show the anime? Fuck, I'll stay up. I'll watch that. <laughs> and it ended up being this fucking movie. Wow. Which was aren't you glad you let- stayed up for that? <laughs> such a letdown. <laughs> so watch this film. And was disgusted the entire, like, back then, disgusted the entire time. Which brings us to now, where we checked out 1995's Fist of the North Star. Live action, straight to DVD, I guess, right? Didn't even get a theatrical release. I think it did get a, a small theatrical really? release. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. Well, then I, Wikipedia lied to me. I don't know where. Uh, but in 1995, directed by Tony Randall, not that Tony Randall. <laughs> wow, uh, that guy's prolific. From, from Rowan and Martin's laughing. Yeah. Uh, but no, this is a Tony Randall that also directed Hellraiser 2, uh, Children of the Night, and several episodes of the Power Rangers in Space <laughs> this, TV show. Yes, that I believe. <laughs> this feels like an episode of Power Rangers. The uh, the budget, $7 million, mm. which I could buy. I think I think I see where that money went. Oh, yeah. Um, there's no report on what it made in the box office. <laughs> that's, always, wow. that's not a good sign when they do that, right? No. Wow. Um, starts off... It, 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 like you and I have talked about several times, narration. Voiceover. Fucking yeah. voiceover narration it helps, Malcolm McDowell. It helps that it's Malcolm McDowell. Um, I, how does he keep ending up in these types of movies, by the way? He's agent. Uh, <laughs> I, don't think he's, I don't think he's picking his own scripts. Uh, yeah, but you have to have a combination of uh, like name recognition, right? Some notoriety, but also uh, no dignity. And I like the way you work it. The, <laughs> he's got to bag it up. 
I love the way that he no uh, diggity. Uh, uh. He'll he'll do any of any, anything really. Yeah. Like I feel like um mm-hmm. and specifically kind of this sci-fi well you gotta understand like 1995 was definitely an experimental time for actors yeah because we were going into that like we were in that moment where like everybody was picking up like comic book franchises and sci-fi franchises people didn't know what the fuck they were doing anymore it was it was like a transitional generation that's right everyone wanted to be the next batman yeah everybody was like okay well what's gonna be the next big thing like I think there were a lot of people, a lot of baby boomers that were watching stuff like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. And were like, what the fuck is that? They didn't know what that was. Kids knew what Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was. Oh, amazing. But adults didn't. So they see that and they're like, whoa, kids are going crazy about fucking alien turtle ninjas and stuff? What else is my kid watching? Yeah, what else are they watching? So so let's start gobbling up these franchises, Mm -hmm. seeing what we could get. And so... Fist of the North Star. Anime's kind of big right now. That's back when they were still calling it Jap Anime. <laughs> Jap Anime. What? <laughs> yeah. You didn't know that? No. There was a time, a short period of time, where it was referred to because it was Japanese animation. They shortened it by calling it Japanimation. Japanimation. No, yeah. That's what I, that's what I heard. <laughs> like of, he had a mini stroke. That's what everybody called it, man. Over in Beeville. Japanimation. Japanimation. See, there's something about that that seems so like it's ab- racially insensitive and abrasive. Yeah. yeah, where it's like... Oh, I don't know if we but say Jap that. But Jap anime, like just putting the emphasis on the Jap yeah. is never a good, never Mm-mm. a good thing. No. no. Uh, so so uh, yeah, this is just post internment camps, <laughs> but <laughs> right. pre two thousand. But we mean it with the utmost respect, of course. Um, Hi, Domo Arigato. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, the, um, the, the this movie opens with narration, and my problem with the narration is that it, it, it kind of has its cake and eats it too. Where Malcolm McDowell's like telling us the whole backstory of like the fall of man, mm-hmm. and you know here we are in this post-apocalyptic world. World War Three has already occurred, and then he says, "I still remember the day I died," and I'm like, "Spoiler oh, alert! Wait, wait, yeah. <laughs> wait a minute!" And then they go right into the character Lord Shin walking in mm-hmm. and talking about how like there is no more school of the North Star, and you're thinking like, "Oh, this is about to be like a Yoda a big fight, Count Dooku right? thing, yeah. where they're mm-hmm. gonna fight." And dude pulls out a gun, like <laughs> in like a revolver, yeah. and just shoots. Well, he says, this isn't a fight. This is an assassination. Yeah. And uh, and yet, we still hear Malcolm McDowell continue the narrative. continuing the, the narration. Post-mortem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so that's very similar to kind of what happens in the animated movie. Where, but it, like it's after Ken has his little run-in with Shin, yeah. and Shin like does the fingers in his Jesus chest? Christ, gives him yeah. the holes. In the- we need to devote some time to that. Later. We will, yeah, we will. But in the in the movie, um, uh, uh, Ryakin is the name of the old man. Ryakin yeah. uh, is the sensei of the North Star School, and uh, and it's not Shin who kills him; it's Rao. It's Kenshiro's oldest oh, brother, yeah. Rao. Who goes in? And he's like, Ken is dead. I am now the fist of the North Star. And they start having this whole talk about like power. Like you have the power, but you don't have the perception. Mm-hmm. Like power without perception is a weak thing. And you know, you just basically tell him like you don't know how to handle what it is right. that you've got. With great power. You have no honor, so you cannot be the North Star, the fist of the North Star. So it's off screen that like Rao kills Ryakin. But it's done in a really kind of artistic way, where like it kind of fades to black. Sure. And then like we cut to the outside of the hut. And and Rao is leaving, and we cut back to the inside, and Ryakin is still like kneeled, mm-hmm. and then like there's a flash of lightning, and you see blood, <laughs> yep. blood all over around him, and it's like, ooh, that's pretty fucking sweet. Like that's a a cool way of telling like what happened here. 
Um, it's not a guy pulling a gun. <laughs> no, which, is, which is kind of weak. Which is this this entire film is is kind of a, a weak adaptation. Yeah. Hell of a doozy you picked for us this week, but yeah, but uh, but so now we can get back into like the Mad Max esque uh, air of this film. Uh, the post-apocalyptic world that we're living in, and D- did the anime the have that same um, art style and and uh, art direction? I guess I should oh, yeah. say it felt like a Mad Max. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there were so many cool establishing shots where like they'd pull back from cities and mm-hmm. there's like skyscrapers with a ship fucking through it. Yeah, I, I saw some screenshots of that, and I'm like, wow, they really had to dumb this down for because it, this yeah. this whole film feels like it was shot in a warehouse. Yeah, and it basically yeah. was. But mm-hmm. sometimes there's some things you can do with camera tricks and or, or at least. Sky replacement. There's none of that here. Everything is. Anytime they have a wide shot, it's always like up high, high angle shooting down because it's narrowed. You'd see the yeah. Everything about this film is narrowed, and like the scope of it, the way that it's filmed, everything like where where the story takes place. It's so fucking narrow. Um, whereas in the Fist of the North Star animated film, like they're kind of traversing the world. Ken Kenshiro, I'll keep calling him Ken, but yes, please. Do. He he ends up uh, meeting up with another uh, student of the Southern Star. Uh, yeah. Named Ray, who's fucking big. He's my favorite character in that He's movie. Amazing. And he is nowhere no, to be in, found in this. Oh, okay. There you go. I was like, what? I don't remember this character. Yeah, there he's he's really cool. He's got this whole style of, of martial arts where like he'll like you know move his hands real it's quick like conducting. and cut people in half. Yeah, it's like Ooh. it looks yeah. like strings kinda in a way. Yeah. And where, like he's got like a whole part in, in the anime where he himself is looking for like his is his girlfriend? Sister. Sister, ah. yeah. And that is what, like, leads him to finding, like, Kenshiro and then them teaming up and going off and li- looking for Shin yeah. and fighting him at the end. But- and then Ken gets kind of sidetracked with a mission to take out his brother, ja- Jaggle? Jago? Jackal. Jackal. Jackal in this, in the yes. live action. I think it's, like, Jago in, in the yeah. animated film. But, oh. yeah, he's it's the Chris Penn character, right. yes. basically, <laughs> in the animated movie. And he looks... He looks just as ridiculous. Oh, no. <laughs> Does he? Because poor Chris Penn. <laughs> that mask. This is no. This is not Reservoir Dogs, Chris Penn. <laughs> Nor is this Footloose, Chris Penn. No, no. Yeah, it's it's sub that. He's well for the for the majority of the film, he looks like Leatherface from the fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's got this mask on that we later find out is holding his brain together, basically. Yes. Yeah. Because Ken did the whole five finger punch we death the, thing yeah. from. Uh, What's the uh, Kill Bill Two or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, he has the power to make people's brains expand it, and explode. Yeah, there's a lot of I do appreciate that about this and a lot of anime that like the like you said like you know, his fingers like using like strings cutting people mm-hmm. in half. I love the how they take martial arts to like a, a supernatural level. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The imagery, but really it, works uh, it works. Animated. in anime. Yeah. It has a, they have a hard unless your name's Edgar Wright. You're probably yeah. not going to pull it off in a live exactly. action. Exactly. Here he just looks like a sloth from the Goonies. Yes. Well, not just that, but they've also made they've expanded this character more for this film, uh, and the the writing for him, the just the dialogue. <laughs> I feel oh like he God. was just ad libbing a lot of it. Like he has that that rallying speech about halfway through when they're about to uh, ransack one of the cities. Yeah, he's he's just he's vamping basically. Oh, oh yeah, and, and he he he, does, he can't find a way to end his speech, and he just kind of finally just. Let's go kill some people. Let's go kill some people. They they do that like four or five times in this yes. movie. Yes. Where it's like they yes. kind of repeat. Like everybody gets on a motorcycle and goes to this town where Mario Van Peebles' dad and downtown Julie Brown are hanging out. <laughs> yeah. And Rufio, 
Fucking Rufio's Rufio's in this movie. Oh, (laughs) and just like in just like in Hook, gets fucking stabbed. Has to die in all (laughs) of his die in all of his movies. Mm, He's the martyr. That that is the fucking most disappointing thing too, because in Hook, I wasn't a big fan of the kid who played Rufio. I was like, "Uh, I don't like him for. In this, I felt like he was one of the best actors in the film. (laughs) He was. was. (laughs) That's not saying much, but you're right. Like the guy who plays Ken. Oh, first off, let's let, yeah let's let's devote a half hour to this motherfucker. <laughs> first off, they don't they, they didn't get like Japanese actors no. to play these roles, which I think is a bit of a problem. Uh, they got this guy named Gary Daniels. Yeah, the the man can hardly speak. <laughs> Every time he opens his mouth, I'm like, that's <laughs> probably not the way you were supposed to say that line. <laughs> and I, I couldn't tell. Like, I guess he's Australian. Yeah, yeah, I He's think got so. a bit of an Aussie accent. It comes out every now and then. Yeah, uh, which makes everything he says seem even more disingenuous. <laughs> right. Like, it, it almost gives it like this, it gives it this, a little bit of flavor of sarcasm, everything <laughs> yes. he says. And I'm like, I don't think that's the way you're supposed to say it. His man. lips don't help that delivery either. He's kind of got the perma blue steel, like uh, <laughs> like Zoolander. <laughs> There's a uh, if you if you go to the IMDb page, one of the main images is him like looking into the camera. It's right before he gets the the his fingers. Yeah, uh, in his they chest. used he used a picture from this as one of his IMDb <laughs> pictures. Well, this is like the only thing he is so proud of this film. He named a son. Can, <laughs> yes. He, what? He, he named, named his son, son Ken. Kenshiro. What? Yes. Because he felt such a, a kindred spirit with uh, the Based character. Based on this movie? Mm-hmm. Based on this movie. And Dude, he... that is worse than people fucking naming their kids Daenerys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like that or, is Or Bella. Bella. Twilight yes. films were big. Holy shit, he named his son? He named his kid. This is like the only thing that I think he did. Well, yeah. like the biggest thing he did. Because yeah. the, the thumbnail of his IMDb page is Holy from this. Shit. And it's not even a good one, too. No. It, all you see is like half of his peck <laughs> and like the backdrop. Like you don't even see his face in his own IMDb page image. But, uh, but yeah, proud of this film. He oh. seems like the type of guy that would name his son after the character. Oh my film. God. It's like... and. And I would forgive it a little bit if they were just like if he was a fantastic, like impeccable martial artist. Like no, but he's he not. Awful. He looks ridiculous when he he's doing awful. the little hi, 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 like into the chest. Yeah, it's comical. Well, I laugh every time because he's not. He's not even making contact. He's not hitting. Oh, you can see him missing the kicks. Which, like in, yeah. that, in that last fight, you oh, can he, see him missing. You the can kick. also, by the way, see a rip in his pants. Really, he obviously ripped the crotch of his pants <laughs> doing kicks because there's a hole in his pants. Uh, he's no, dedicated to the art. At least in the anime, when like he's doing when when Ken's hitting the pressure points, yeah. you feel and see the impacts that he's actually hitting, and you see them hitting. In this, like, yeah, he's like he's fanning people. <laughs> yeah, the first time he does it to somebody uh, on screen, like I thought it was played for a joke. Like, uh-huh. and then the guy laughs at him yeah, because it's like too. a delayed reaction. Because like, like, he says, "What he goes, are you doing? What are you trying to do? Tickle, Tickle me to me, death?" Yeah. And that's where he has that's his, exactly what it looks Ken's, like. Ken's. Ken's fucking signature line in the anime, in the manga, in the anime, mm-hmm. is, you're already dead. Oh, yeah. And this motherfucker responds with, you're already dead. <laughs> yeah. And that was the part where my heart sunk uh, as a teenage boy watching this movie going, what, what the, the fuck? <laughs> I would rather he not say anything. Yes. And just... Just do your thing. It's comical, like you were saying. It's comical in the scene with Shin, where and they're kind of cutting all over the place. Not unlike the animated movie and the animated franchise. There's a lot of flashbacky stuff. Yeah, but like 
they do the whole flashback to when he and Julia are like trying to plant the seeds or whatever, and Shin shows up with his people and takes Julia away. And there's that bit where they try to fight each other. And I like what that scene, not just in this movie, because I think this movie did it almost exactly like the anime did. Yeah, it did. But I like what it, that, that message, what it's trying to portray is like, look, you can have all the power in the world, but unless you're willing to fight to protect things, it's no fucking good. And that's kind of the, that was the sin of Kenshiro, is that he wasn't willing to fight. He was so focused on his weird pacifism mm-hmm. that it ended up costing him everything. And so then he came back. And he had to fight. And he had to fight. Uh, but... The way they did this in the live action version, Oof. it's like not only is it like just hard to watch, but it's it's goofy. It's yes. goofy. It is. Dude is getting like fingers stuck into his chest. It's grotesque. And, and, and his faces are like, oh, yeah. Oh, the, oh. the faces he's making, yeah. You could put like the yakety sax music <laughs> into what's going on. Yes. So what were you, like, this is the first uh, time you had seen something like this, though. <laughs> yes. Uh, that is an understatement. Yes, yeah, so this is the first time I've seen something like this. Um there's a level of like kind of like disrespect that you kind of feel both for the culture, but then also the the subject matter. Yeah. Like you could, t- I hadn't even seen the anime, but I could tell that there was a better film in here. There's a better story that could be told and a better way to do it, and they just got everything wrong. Yeah, but especially that scene, which is supposed to be kind of the the crux. You know, we don't. That comes about halfway through the movie. We've already seen like his scarred body, and I, I wasn't sure what it was. I, I thought maybe that's where he gets his powers from, mm-hmm. or uh, bullet holes or something. Yeah, no. I had no idea that it's just a fucking dude sticking his finger into his chest. And making the Big Dipper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where the, the stars come from. Because he's the North Star. Yeah. <laughs> but man, it was hard to watch. <laughs> It's a little bit tougher to watch in the anime version. Like, yeah? yeah? Tougher? It's like, I think it's because, like, the live action is, like, everything's out of order uh-huh. when you look at it. Because with the anime, it's like, oh, okay, you understand why Ken has, like, why Ken has a problem with Shin, why that's all going on. But in the live action movie, it's like, like you just said, you don't know why the seven yeah. wounds are there, but that happens at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. to where you understand, okay, Julia is his girlfriend and yeah. he stole his girl, but... In the movie, you're like, all right, there's this guy who's walking around in this desert-looking place, and Rufio's here. (laughs) With with a little blind girl. Yeah, but she's deaf. But she's actually a mute. I think she's deaf in the anime, and I didn't understand she was blind until he told me after watching the movie. (laughs) Well, because they set that up, but then they immediately, she gets cured. Yeah. And man, does she acclimate to having her sight back. Yeah, really quick. Just like lickety split. She's like, oh, hey, cool. Like, I would be like... Colors, the sky. Where am I? Well, this is what I look like. It's not that she couldn't see. She like she was born blind. She wasn't born blind. It was just like in the in the anime where it's like she saw something horrible and then oh, couldn't yeah. fucking see anymore. Like her family was slaughtered. So she, like for some reason, psychosomatic, she chose, she chose not to see anymore. That makes more and sense. Just like in the anime, she was mute because of something that that happened, and so Ken healed her. Yeah, he healed her by touch, and because she, because in the anime, because, because Ken is a Jesus allegory, he does like the Mister Miyagi thing on her. Well, because yeah. in the anime, it's like she they're in trouble, and she screams to him through like her mind. Which in the in the in the manga and in the anime series, they kind of explain that psychic link a little bit more. But you have to get like a hundred and twenty episodes in, but to, in, to understand what that is. But in this, Ken just touches her, and she's able to see now. Yeah. And oh yeah. And and she's obnoxious. Like, like it's that, 
It, it's that stereotypical like kid character, yeah. sidekicks, like obnoxious thing, which made it really surprising to me when they decided to just kill Rufio. I know. I I, I thought he was going to stay because his character is alive and well in the yes. anime. Well, then why did they do that? Because they needed to have stakes, Joel. They needed to have stakes. They didn't kill anybody that anyone knew. Or is yeah. it perhaps that in that actor's uh, contract that he always has to die? He always has three. to die. Yeah. He always My has stabbing. to die and have like a weird moment with the hero. That's go, right. Ugh. I did good though, didn't I? Because <laughs> yes. didn't he do that as Rufio too? Yeah, yeah. Remember when he was in The Perfect Weapon? Crow. No, I don't. He was the kid in The Perfect Weapon as well. Really? No We've way. watched like three movies with this kid now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Him and Jay Bearshaw are neck and neck for... The fist. <laughs> You're already dead. <laughs> the fist of the North Star. <laughs> Should have said. That. Oh, I love that. Uh, so uh, the um, mm. the lack of villains in this movie, which is weird. It's one of those things that I probably Wait. wouldn't. I wouldn't normally complain about. No, I'm not talking about like nameless villains. Oh, okay. I'm okay. talking about like main villains in the movie because in the anime, in the animated movie, you've got. Uh, you have Jago, yeah. who is Ken's little brother, who poses as Ken for a short time. Yes. Oh, he, interesting. He poses as Ken, and when Ken comes back, he faces him. Uh, then you've got his older brother, Rao, mm-hmm. who's like King Rao. You've also got Shin, who kicks things off. And the thing is, in the anime, like the whole thing is about going to get Julia, and Ken gets to Shin. Julia has escaped at this point. Oh. And Ken gets to Shin, and Shin is already kind of a broken man. The the cool thing about the anime is that they've really explored the character motivations for yeah. Shin. Like he did what he did because he cared about Julia and he cared about like preserving life as well. Hmm. And he was frustrated because Ken wouldn't fight. He wouldn't do what he needed to do in this post apocalyptic world. He didn't do what was necessary to fulfill the promise to like the planet. Right. Uh, yeah. And so he took it upon himself in a shitty way. Took it upon himself to do. But like when you're watching, you're like. Okay, I kind of get it. I get what it is that you're talking about. Uh, in this, like, nothing. It's just this really shallow, like, I wanted her because she's a woman and I want her. <laughs> right, yeah. But, like, you've got the big main bad of the anime is Ken's older brother, Rao. Huh. Yeah. And they don't even, like, it, it, it ends kind of in a stalemate. Well, they were saving it for the sequel, Joe. I guess, I guess they were. once people put eyeballs on this film, the, the money's going to start rolling in <laughs> and the deals are going to happen. Malcolm McDowell signed a three-picture <laughs> deal. To be the Obi-Wan <laughs> like, Kenobi of As long of as I get to... Uh... Remember when he was in The Girl? Oh, wait. Okay. Hello. Remember when his voice was coming out of The Little Girl? <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Well, that... And then there's the weird, like, he comes back as a mummy or as a zombie. Yeah, that was really fucking like, weird, too. Apparently, that wasn't in the anime, either. No. no. Was that Malcolm McDowell in that, like, zombie costume in the makeup? I like to think makeup? it's not. I'd, I'd like, like to, to think, think it they, is. They did not. <laughs> Pretty sure it is, because his mannerisms—you can kind of see a little bit of clockwork orange. I feel like motion. I, I want to feel like Malcolm McDowell was a little too good. Like, no, I don't think Malcolm I'm McDowell is going, too good. I'm not going to wear that. Have you seen Malcolm McDowell in films? Like, yeah, he'll do anything. He's shameless. He's really good though. Like, I he feel is, like he's better than this. He he should be better than this. I don't know if he needs to fire his agents or. Uh, part of me thinks that he just likes doing films like this. I think he likes making money. And so he's like, "All right, I'll do whatever whatever the job is, because eventually this well's going to dry up, and no one's going to want to cast Malcolm McDowell anymore." But it's so upsetting to see him go from a Clockwork Orange to like to Fist of the North Star. Yeah. Are you 
Are you fucking kidding? Like Clint Howard. Clint Howard's Clint in this Howard's movie. in this, yeah. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with Ron Howard. So I'm like, how did you get the job? We need a weird looking dude who looks menacing and can scare little children. And he's gone within the first ten minutes of the movie. Oh, no. He, yeah, all he does is ride it and like he, shoot people in that. In he's that around town. about halfway through. Is he? Yeah. I, I was is pretty he? sure. Not only okay, you got Clint Howard's in this movie. Sean or uh Sean or Chris Penn. Chris Penn. Sean Chris Penn. Lesser Penn. Uh you've got uh Vic Vader, who just recently passed away, uh pro wrestler. Oh that dude, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. Um yeah, so you've got you've got some some decent some decent talent as far as like as far as fight sequences and stuff go. Like you got some pretty decent. I think Clint Howard's a fine actor. He's an Apollo. Oh yeah, team. he does great stuff. Um, this is not one of them. But this movie is being anchored by this Gary Daniels guy. Oh man, and I can't remember his name. The dude that plays Lord Shin uh, equally is who's awful. Really fucking bad. He looks yeah. like a young Christopher Lambert. Like he's got those <laughs> butt lips. And uh, and like a but, like a soulless I was, gaze. I was comparing Gary Daniels to Christopher Lambert like two days ago, really? talking about this movie. And he I does was, look like him. I was like, if there's a dark side of acting in the universe, <laughs> Gary Daniels is on the planet that it's furthest. Uh, so like, no, but Gary he's Daniels. Mega Gary Daniels is like, yeah, he is. He's Nega Lambert. He's like, like Christopher Lambert is kind of a shitty actor as well. Sure, but he's watchable. Oh yeah, like he's got he's got Highlanderly. He's got he's got some charm to him. He's got a little bit of that. He's got that X factor. He's got the je ne sais quoi. I have no idea what that means. But uh, but like no, he's he's got it though. Whereas this Gary Daniels guy is he lacks every single bit of it. The fact that like I cannot believe for the life of me that these guys are the first choice. Well, he's got those abs, though, Joe, which we're introduced to. You don't really get to see them. Slow mo- what are you talking about? The first 90 seconds of this of film Lord is... Lord Shin? So- oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm oh, I thought you were talking about the Lord Gary Shin guy, Daniels, who yeah. stays, like, clothed, like, That's his right. shirts he's on. head to toe. He is, like, me at a public pool. Like, That's I'm right. keeping this shirt on. He's like That's... an Iranian but woman. But his hair, though. It's like <laughs> yeah. the hair was amazing. I thought you said, but he has hair, though. <laughs> I was like, a dick? I know I don't have it. No, he does. He's got the mullet. And the thing is, he didn't have a mullet. Like, early in the film, he doesn't. He's got like... And I'm like, okay, that's a pretty good look for you. Oh, right. Yeah, when they do the flashback. The mullets were choices. They were like... We're going to do this. Everybody kind of looks better in that flashback scene. Like, yeah. even Chris Penn without uh-huh. his, his Leatherface helmet on. Before, and then his head Before starts. his head explodes. <laughs> how about how he went out? Uh, okay. As, okay, first as he's trying to, like, assault the Julia character. First of all, yes. he, he sticks around a lot longer in this film than I thought he should have, way, considering yeah, Clint Howard uh, <laughs> has to leave before third act. And yeah, is he is he violating poor when Julia? He's, when he's delivering lines like, it's not easy being sleazy. Uh, yeah. When are you fucking kidding me? I, I see. I feel like that was ad libbed because if that was in a script, I can't see half of these people going signing you know on. What? I'm going to do this movie. Yeah, this is a career changing role. For me. Except for downtown Julie Brown. Yes, I feel that's like true. I forgot she was, she was in this. As she, well. yeah. It was my, my note was uh, I was like, oh wow, I didn't know that downtown Julie Brown acted. And then my next note after was, uh, oh wait, I, I, <laughs> we still don't. <laughs> she kind of doesn't. Uh, but yeah, like. Everybody, like Melvin Van, Van Peebles, like that guy's kind of a film legend. Yeah, I liked him in this. Did you? Oh, I, well, he's got, like, I find it scenes. so hard to believe that anybody you could like anybody in this movie. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> he just kind of said he was victimized. I guess I could say I admire, <laughs> yes, I admire him for not phoning it in. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 He's giving it his all. What was what was Lord Shin's plan? 
in in this film, in you this guys are gonna have to of the movie. Explain this plot to no, me. No, I know I know what his plan was in, in the, the anime. anime. Yeah. yeah, but what was his plan like? One, how was he monetizing like what he was doing? Like I know he was raiding the town to get like resources, but he had a palace in a giant fucking city. Yes, and they were just like a small town with a well. Yeah, <laughs> they, they were ruining everything in all the towns they were going to. Yeah, so I don't know how they got the money that they that. I'm to like, fund that. Wouldn't it be in your best interest to let these people do their work and, and like farm and, and, and. Yeah, there you go. Take a little top. Well, yeah, I mean, skim from the top, but yeah. don't go in there and like start pillaging and ruining everything. But that's all. You're that... fucking up your resources. Yeah. That, it doesn't make sense. That's it's not, not playing the long game. No. No. No, it, I don't think he had a long. He was just like, I want this girl. We're going to yeah, have cool he... paintings of ourselves. <laughs> and that's all we're going to do. Yeah. Is that supposed to be them? Is that supposed to be Julia yeah. and Julia uh, Shin, and Shin. Up at the top? Uh huh. All right. Impressive murals. <laughs> the, I mean, my compliments. They have many tapestries. <laughs> my, my compliments for this film are all going to be superficial. They're all going to be about uh, the costume design and the set decoration. You were talking earlier about the $7 million budget. That's where all this money went. I think the $7 million budget went into the, the set design. Uh, I think it went into, because this film... And you had said, like, it's shot in interesting ways, but it still doesn't look bad. No, uh, yeah. And the soundtrack. The soundtrack Dude, has no business being in this movie. That fucking composer, Christopher L. Steele, or whatever his name is, is, is writing his ass off. Yes. Like, even the first, th- first of all, first three minutes of this film is all just title cards, just text on screen, all the names. Literally three minutes, I timed it. Oh and there is God. like a rousing score going on beneath it that it feels like it was lifted maybe from something like he wrote it for something else, yeah, and and just supplanted it here. But yeah, right off the bat, I'm like, all right, well, this film's got that going for it at least, mm-hmm. and it maintains its momentum throughout it does. the end. Like, yeah, I would listen to this soundtrack again. It does what a soundtrack, a good soundtrack, is supposed to do, and that's mm-hmm. fill the space and also, you know, <laughs> in. <laughs> And inform the character. What are you looking at? I'm looking to see who on Facebook is uh, commenting. Oh, who who and on watching. Facebook is commenting? What are they saying? Uh, Jen Gill. Jen Gill is watching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, did she say anything? Uh, no. No. Okay. Just cool. That she's watching. Well, I'm glad that we busted down for that. <laughs> Cut that part off. So, <laughs> so, so what? What were we talking about? Oh, the we're soundtrack. The score. The, yeah. score. Sound, the soundtrack is so, it's so good and it, it does what it's supposed to do. Yeah. It is that like for. For all intents and purposes, it's that it's that extra man that's supposed to be like doing some yeah. of that heavy lifting. It led it honestly it led the story in a lot of ways because like while I was watching it, I was I was doing other things while I was watching. I was working, but at times it's like, oh, I knew when. A... <laughs> <laughs> Is it? It's like because of the music though, I knew when like, oh wait, there's there's a fight scene coming because you would you would hear it. Yeah, and uh-huh. it would foreshadow it. So I was like, oh, I need to pay attention now. Or if there's something, <laughs> come back. It's like it's like the ding when it's time to turn the page on a book. Oh, <laughs> it is. Kind of, it's the John Williams of this movie's Phantom Menace. Yeah, like that score kept that movie moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's. <laughs> did you just laugh at your own? <laughs> Wordplay. You're so proud of yourself. On the editing bay. dude. There was a uh, Sarah and I were in the car. We were listening to uh, NPR. And they were um, they were advertising some thank you they were advertising some uh, some new documentary and they were like from the makers of wordplay and I'm like bitch that movie's like 15 years old <laughs> like I don't know if you need to do I don't one I, I liked wordplay I saw it in the theater did you really like I, I enjoyed that. that documentary quite a bit and so really? it did speak to me but I'm thinking like 
Yeah, that, that was like late nineties or early two thousands. That was a, right? yeah, that's a long time ago. Like Are one. you telling me these these filmmakers didn't make anything else? I mean, Jesus, your friend Jeremy Sneed makes a new fucking thing every <laughs> yes. year. He just made one right now while we were recording know, right? this podcast. <laughs> That guy films his fucking asshole. Yeah, he did. Uh, but but yeah, like I was like, wow, word, wordplay. Two thousand six. Did you ever see wordplay? It's a cool it's documentary. Great. It's yeah. a great documentary. It's about it follows the lives of these like five or six different people that take part in the New York. Uh, what is it? The it's New a York, spelling bee, right? The, no, it's the New York Times uh, crossword puzzle. No, that's what it is. There the you New go. York Times crossword puzzle tournament, and like you get an idea of like the kind of people they are, and like one of them is John Stewart, formerly of that's the right. Daily Show. Really? So you've got John Stewart. Uh, you've got this woman who's like, kind of all she does now is she does her word puzzles. She's very awkward around people, uh, and and like you get that sense like she's really lonely. You've got this young kid who's like the new the new hot shit on the scene of the wordplay uh, the wordplay scene. Oh wow! And uh, and so pe- like all the old timers are giving him shit because he's so young, but he does a real good job of like keeping his own. Uh, but it's it's this really cool documentary, and it tells a good story like. It does what very few documentaries at that time did, and it's tell a compelling story, you know, while being informative, but it was still really entertaining. Mm-hmm. A lot like The King of Kong. Oh, yeah. A Fistful, Fistful of, of quarters. quarters. That one's about the two guys that were fighting to get the, 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 the Donkey record Kong. on Donkey Kong. You haven't seen that one? Oh, you got to check that God out. God damn, I sir. got that. I'll get you a copy. Yeah, you got to check that one out, too. It's, it's, a, it's riveting. There's like a, and one of the best on-screen villains of a, of a documentary of, of real life yeah, Dude, yeah. yeah Billy Mitchell man that guy is a fucking real life <laughs> have comic you seen book Pixels villain. the Adam Sandler uh... there's gonna be another no there's no, gonna be right. a series of us asking <laughs> Tess if you've seen movies Tess did you ever see uh, Dr. Shivago have you yes, seen that one yes actually <laughs> yeah if, if it's no. not anime <laughs> he hasn't seen it He's, that's, it's on Tess's shirt if it's not anime GTFO yeah. <laughs> get the fuck out I just realized that you are wearing an anime yeah, shirt, aren't yes, you? Yeah, Look at that. It's Academia? Academia? Akira! Akira. <laughs> what is that? Don't have a stroke. My Hero Academia. Oh, yes. I love those nuts, man. When I went to, went to Hawaii, <laughs> nuts. they got the put them with the coffee ones, and right? stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My Hero Macadamia. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so getting back to Fist of the North Star. Let's do that. Uh, so you've got this, which isn't the way it's played at all. Uh, when Ken returns in the anime, it's it's awesome. Like these guys, these these uh, these ruffians, they're trying to mm-hmm. take take Lynn out. You know, he's like trying to step on Lynn, trying to crush her and kill her. And like she screams, she has this like mental scream or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like all of a sudden, you just see this explosion in the background. Then there's this like figure. Yeah. Like, Covered in rags and stuff, and he's walking, just, just walking slowly, really slowly. Like and a at badass. one point, he like punches the side of a building. The building falls on him, oh. and he keeps walking through it. And I'm like, dude, if you are trying to set up how badass this guy is, that's a way to do it. Mission fucking accomplished. <laughs> so then he shows up, takes his fucking these rags off, and you see it's Ken, but he's got like this beard. He's grown this beard out, and these guys just come at him, and he like he picks up the little girl. These guys come at him, and he just like real quick like hits and these dudes are just like ah, heads exploding and stuff chests caving in I love that it's fucking crazy but it's awesome like what a cool return and from that moment on he knows what his mission is and he is he is clearly the hero of this story Mm -hmm. he is going to he's on his mission now he knows his goal this movie is so fucking like wishy-washy with our hero where it's like well aren't you gonna help us that's not what I'm here to do and like walks 
what's what's he do? He like walks a few blocks the other way, then comes back. Like is convinced. That's a change to come of heart. Yeah, because his zombie father told him <laughs> you've got to help these Matt's people. Malcolm McDowell, man. Yeah, like that's something that he didn't need in the anime. He didn't need the spirit of his father to come back to him like and four or five times. Scare him into and, doing and the right thing. Him into doing the right thing. Yeah, yeah. He his father is basically T'Challa from like Black Panther. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Ryan Coogler is so pissed off at you comparing the two of these fucking movies. That's what it was, though. It's like, that's what he basically was. Like, There's a lot that just, oh my God, like, I didn't get a lot of the, Ken was supposed to be that hero that, in the anime, badass, just like he said, but he was like, really weak in this movie in a lot of ways, and it was like, you didn't see him get strong and like feel like okay, this is the hero that's actually going to save us in this story. No, you never do. No. Much even during that, not even in the last fight, the long climate. That, it just uh, it, the it, only reason he won that fight is because of a weird like he took advantage of Shin being uh, uh, distracted. He got that's, his power from seeing the seed in the crack. It. Yeah. And uh, decided to... <laughs> because Shin was, like, fucking monologuing. <laughs> Shin, the whole time. Yes. Like, Shin fucking outfought him that entire fight. <laughs> and how does a seed grow that fucking quick? Uh, yeah, because that was, like, 48 hours later, right? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Already sprouting. Holy shit. Like, and there's no water. Where is this fucking seed finding... It's per- magic, Joe. It was a barren land in which the my seed was finding no purchase. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of Raising Arizona there yeah. for you. Uh, Tess, where does the where no where does the anime the the Fist of the North Star anime where does that rank now? Where as far as you and you don't have to be like oh I liked it like you get yeah. like honestly like where does that rank? It ranks pretty high actually. Like it was a good anime movie. Like it was actually it was it's exactly what you would expect like a anime movie from like back then in that time yeah. to be like the mid eighties one. So like, oh yeah, the testosterone fueled like a lot of machismo. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I remember even watching it, I told you I was like, Oh yeah, this is good. Like I feel like I'm already watching the better version of like <laughs> of the Fist of the North Star. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I need to watch because I remember stopping and being like, Wait, they made this <laughs> with real people? Like the, the, okay. The best is like I can I can kind of creep around my computer and see what Tess is doing and yeah. what he's watching. Every once in a while, like from the other side of my monitor, I would hear <laughs> what, what the f- and I'd turn and then look and it'd be like clearly it's one of the, like the fight sequences where dudes' heads are exploding. Oh, Jesus. And, and that's when he turned to me and he like he paused it for a second and goes, They made this into a live action <laughs> film. <laughs> my so, favorite is uh, the climax at the end where um like the blood is just spurting out of his uh, his wrists, uh-huh. no, not even his wrists, his elbows. Straight from the anime. Well, yeah, I've, I've seen the the freeze frame of that. I'm uh-huh. like, okay, I get it, but just over the top. Yeah, and no, again, yes. like you said, he is not. He should not win that fight. No, like he's losing the entire. It's it's rocky. Mm-hmm. He's losing every round except for the last. Blood. Whereas the final fight in the anime is definitely. It's like I said, it's a stalemate. Like these two are just they're fighting their asses off yeah. and both getting like the better of each. That never happens in no, this film. Not at all. Because you remember, um, who was it? It wasn't Ryakin, but it was the guy that he meet like he meets on the way trying to meet Julia, who's like, yeah, you guys can't fight because you will literally kill each other mm-hmm. being the north and like south star right that's why they stalemate in the anime but like in this one it's like oh yeah he's getting his ass with the entire <laughs> fight but then at the end they're like wait he's the hero we need to make him win that's <laughs> what they also changed it up in the in the anime like tess just mentioned it's the south star the south star and the north star whereas in the in the live action it's the southern cross southern cross yeah 
Exactly. Which the, is a, a, a weird, like, unnecessary, unless they changed it so that way people wouldn't be confused. They didn't have the, the flag with the, uh, the red X on it? <laughs> no. no. I do like that moment after he <laughs> has shoved his digits into Ken <laughs> and then mm. goes up to Julie afterwards. Ah. No, it's not as sexy as it sounds, folks. <laughs> digits. And after, goes up to Julia who he's... The fisting scene. <laughs> the fisting of the North Star. That's the subtitle. <laughs> Um, Coming soon to Brazzers.com. <laughs> Tyler number 16. <laughs> but he walks up to Julia and uh, and then takes his, his still bloody fingers and kind of makes the X on her on her, her chin. Which uh, I, I appreciated the symbolism. Shin made an X on her chin. As, as gross as it was. Yes. The shin chin. That's right. Shin chin. But, uh, man, just, just disturbing and, uh, yeah, forever seared in my mind. Yeah? Not in a good way. You should watch the anime version. I don't think yeah. I should. <laughs> should I, you know, I, I, I might actually like it because I, I, too, like in the 80s, kind of discovered, you know, it was Akira and uh, Ninja Scroll, which, yeah. which was one that for the time was just like super violent mm-hmm. but still like really appreciated the story they were trying to tell when you were also you also appreciated the Japanese animation that we got in America with Transformers the oh, G.I. Joe cartoons oh, of course yeah yeah Silverhawks clearly superior to anything we were doing oh my god was, and I think that's what spoke to us when it came to like Don Bluth and like Dragon's Lair because right. he was also incorporating some of those Japanese styles with his animation it's finally our version of that yeah mm-hmm. oh not not all animation has to have like bunnies and talking animals yeah. and uh, princes and princesses. Mm-hmm. Even though this did have princes, and that's princesses. true. It did, didn't it? <laughs> it's just that they were punching their <laughs> yes, fists into yes. each other. Yeah. Jafar never like shoved his digits <laughs> into, into a chest. Well, not in the Disney version. So wait for the Guy Ritchie <laughs> live action, or you mean the all guy version? <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Manmeat.com presents Aladdin. It's Manladdin. Oh, my God. You don't want the genie to come out. Don't rub the lamp. You ain't never had a friend like me. Oh, my God. I'm in the mood to fist you, dude. Sorry, I can just keep... Oh, my God. Robin Williams is turning in his grave somewhere. Whatever, I bet he enjoys this. Him and Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> Wait, Malcolm McDowell's not dead, is, is he not? I don't think so. I'm not sure he is. Chris Penn is, though. Ooh, that is true. Unfortunately, yeah. he did this movie before he died. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh. Hey, but, but he did do Reservoir Dogs, okay? So he had that going. Yeah, he, did, he, re- he did Reservoir Dogs before this one. Uh, uh, so, uh, saying that, you, like, where you appreciate, on the scale of where you appreciate the Fist of the North Star anime, Mm-hmm. Which one was more of a disappointment, do you think? The Dragon Ball live-action adaptation of that anime or the live-action adaptation of this one? That is tough. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to say Dragon Ball yeah. for me. I think so, too. It's like it Because it's like how for you, when you first, like, Fist of the North Star was the first anime you ever saw and mm-hmm. you fell in love with it. And yeah. then when you saw the live-action, it was just so terrible to you. That's what happened with me and Dragon uh-huh. Ball because, like, <laughs> Dragon Ball was the first anime that I like saw and like loved. So yeah. seeing that live action, I was like, "What the fuck?" Uh-huh. Is this? Retroactively made you hate the the cartoon much. Yes, yeah. and it was basically like the first like sign of disappointment I've ever seen with oh. like movies and things like that. Because I'm like, "Yeah, why would you touch animes like that?" And that was I've yet to see a good live action version. Of an, of an anime yet to yeah. this day. So I think one of the things that made this one better than the Dragon Ball live action is because it still 
tries to stick close to the story of what it's based on, whereas Dragon Ball completely like rewrites fucking everything that's going on based on what you were telling us. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that because that's why like that's why you would like the anime better, Joel. Because okay. if you saw that one before you saw the live action, you would understand and have reference to it and be like, oh, okay, I see what they're trying to do in this movie. But and you would actually like, I guess, appreciate it more like that. But with like, yeah, the Dragon Ball movie, knowing what happened in that, you're like, this, what is this? This <laughs> it, it was really hard to follow what was happening and why anything was happening. Like yeah. you said, like, what is the villain after? What's the what are the the, the stakes? I mean, I understand that the two sides are pitted against each other, mm-hmm. the yin and the yang. Um, but aside from that, like all these other side characters. I don't understand why they came into play with the plot because yeah. it, the film just kind of f- abandons all of those characters yeah. well before the 30-minute mark mm-hmm. uh, in, in the rest of the film. Yeah, that last battle is like 30 minutes long. Yeah. Like, nothing happens. <laughs> Except them, like, kicking at each yeah, other a couple of times. Julia being violated by Chris Penn. Yeah. yeah. Dude, how about how he goes, though? Oh, yes. <laughs> So the thing was, like, I guess I was misdirected because I felt like, okay, she put the strap between the gears, mm-hmm. and I thought, like, oh, his head's going to get pulled into the yeah, gears. I and thought get that crushed. too. Nope. Instead, instead, they went with the fucking the more expensive path, and that's let's show his head actually exploding, <laughs> and it it didn't have that satisfying oomph to it. Yeah. Um. So in the end of the the live action movie, Ken and Julia end up together. Shocking. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't happen in the anime. Uh, oh really? Yeah, he continues his search for her. Like when when the battle's oh, done. Oh, that's right. She, she's run off by yeah, that point. Yeah, she's she's gone. And so he he goes searching for her. And like during the credits, the movie like has a full like the film goes on through the credits where he's like walking the desert and comes across an oasis oh. and like sees these trees and stuff and is having visions of Julia. And then like just as the credits are ending, the oasis like goes away. It was all a mirage. Uh. And it's still like, it's like, oh. And so it teases you with that sense of like hope. Like things are going to change. And it's like, but they haven't yet. Uh. Like you have to find yourself, Ken. Um, okay, so I have a feeling, Joel, that you didn't. <laughs> that tonight's going to be a good night. It's already been a good night. But I have a feeling that this was not your cup of tea. This film was not. No, it, it didn't, didn't have anything going there. for it for me. It didn't have. Well, I, there were a few good things. Like I said, I, I really appreciate the the set design and the costumes. Like somebody put a lot of effort and time into it. I don't know how closely it matches the anime. It doesn't look like it really is a one for one. Um, I, I don't think they were going for that, but that's fine. So maybe there's a little bit of recycling materials mm-hmm. from another uh, film uh-huh. they just had lying around the warehouse. Oh, like, like Judge Dredd. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. like, hey, we got this stuff from Judge Dredd. Or Dread. Mad Max. Or like Ma- A lot of this stuff is just straight out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciated that, but uh, the acting is horrible. The story is incomprehensible. Um, the effects are not special. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joel, it seems like your opinion of this movie is pretty low. But there is someone whose opinion of this movie is quite high. Oh, and that would be uh, username Hamavore Rex twenty two, uh, or just Hamavore Rex. I'm I sorry, can't tell if you're it. making this up. Hamavore Rex from IMDb message boards oh. wrote a review for this movie entitled "Hugely Underrated." Oh <laughs> All right, so this is. I'm going to try to go through this quick. So uh, save your comments for after the ride. Okay. Uh, as with any movie adaptation, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
I had to. I had okay. to. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, as with any movie adaptation based upon any much cherished cartoon, or for those choosing to be pernickety in this instance, <laughs> anime and or comic book, one thing is guaranteed, and that is a subsequent sharp divide between those fans who will embrace the new envisioning and those of a more purest persuasion who will generally loathe it. Certainly as a huge fan of the original animated series and the subsequent animated movie that this is inspired by, I am initially sad to report that this isn't an entirely faithful adaptation of its <laughs> source material. In fact, quite far from it. Bad news. Uh, having said this, however, there we have... There we have do... Man, you can't type. There We Have Do is an entirely admirable and indeed commendable attempt, nonetheless for a great number of reasons. For a start, production values are absolutely top-notch, and some truly wonderful set designs, some great and joyously gory special effects, and a tremendous musical score. Agreed. There you go. Yep. The combination of aforementioned aspects lends the film a truly epic feel, far, far greater than one could conceivably imagine, given the relatively small budget this was made with. So, too, must I commend the casting. (laughs) You had me, and then you lost me. Gary Daniels, especially, has never looked better. He's a revelation. He has never looked better, uh, and his movies have never looked finer. Because he wasn't in anything else. (laughs) In the role of Kenshiro, even if perhaps he is far too softly spoken in the role. uh, Costas Mandelayer gives us... He's like a Boba Fett... (laughs) <laughs> gives a suitably cold performance as Shin, and despite no former martial art, no formal, he put former, no formal martial arts training, looks rather good, thanks to the wonderful fight choreography by Winston Omega. Christopher Penn is too clearly having oh, a ball with this character. Christopher. And hogs all the best lines in the film, including such gems as... Let's go kill some people. It's not easy being sleazy. The, the, oh, the one that you called that. That is one of this guy's favorite lines. <laughs> Uh, as said previously, this is anything but a faithful adaptation of the anime, yet if one can overlook this fact and judge it on its own merits, then it is hugely entertaining with much going for it. My advice, give it a chance and you may well be, as I was, very pleasantly surprised. You know what? I'm coming around on it. Nine out of ten. I've seen the error of my oh ways. My he makes a lot of a lot of salient points there. Yeah. And it's it's hard to argue with user main <laughs> with a Hamavor, man two Hamavor, one seven Hamavor, or whatever it is. Wampa one. <laughs> <laughs> Did they pay him to write this? Exactly. <laughs> That's a bot, to, dude. That's a fucking bot. You went yeah. to Transformers for your late are you ladies man two one four seven top of my head in my head. Uh okay, so what did Fist of the North start? Oh, Jesus. What did it do right? Uh, I'll go back to what I said. Set design, costume design. Um there are a limited number of things it did well, so I can't hog them all. I'll, I'll just, I'll yeah, stop just there. Like, I'll like, geez, like, geez, Joel. There's one more thing it did right. I'll let you guys fight over it. Music. There, Music. That's what it was. That's what I'm going to say too. That is the soundtrack to the the soundtrack to this movie was fantastic. Yes. Uh, and I also I do think that the some of the the production design was uh, sure. was admirable. Uh, what what did Fist of the North Star do wrong? I, how much time do we have? <laughs> well, for me, it's like asking someone who their favorite child is. <laughs> it's like it's like I just asked Tess, "Do you want to lose your left ball or exactly. your right ball? Would you rather be blind or deaf?" Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, really, it's got to come down to the lead character, right? <laughs> yeah, that, you can't yeah, have the, the lead in your film be the worst actor that you've cast. Mm-hmm. He looked like Hercules from the old, like Her- <laughs> the Kevin Sorbo show. <laughs> yes, exactly. Kevin Sorbo is a far better actor. But if he got stung by bees, 
Like, and his lips just swelled up to three times their normal and size. And he couldn't talk. <laughs> yes. There can be only one. <laughs> I was just going to say. You're already dead. <laughs> I'm, I'm adjusting my recasting now. There you All go. Right, so if we were going to make the live action Fist of the North Star movie today, how would we do that? I actually cast, uh, looks like nine or ten here. I cast seven. All right. I'll, I'll, you what about know what? you? Five. 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 Okay. I'll go first. You go next. Because I've got kind of a theme going. Oh, you've got a theme. All right. Sort of a theme. Fair enough. Uh, so my whole thing is based off of the Raid Redemption. You want, a, uh, you want a martial arts movie? There you go. Then you mm. get people that put together one of the greatest fucking martial arts movies of modern times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so obviously it's going to be directed by Gareth Evans, who put together the first Raid Redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to have, as the character of Lynn, the little girl, uh, Aquafina will be playing that role. <laughs> uh, the uh, the part of Bat, Dante Bosco, Rufio. Brandon Suhu, who you might remember as the boy from uh, Tropic Thunder. Oh, okay. Yes, I do. He would he would be that character. Nice. Uh, the uh, the Julia character, played by Fresh Off the Boat's Constance Wu. Yeah. Um, Good call. Jackal, or Jago, Jackal. Uh, the Chris Penn part. You know what? One of the things that frustrated me, and he was also in another martial arts movie called Best of the Best, with Eric Roberts, and I didn't buy him like being a martial arts guy. And from what I understand, he totally was. Like Chris Penn was into martial arts. Really? But fuck that. He didn't look convincing in the movie. But you know who would look convincing? Mm-hmm. Ray fucking Park. Yeah, he would. Yes, he would. Menacing Darth Maul. That's a good one. Uh-huh. So uh, my, uh, my Ryakin, the uh, Malcolm McDowell character, mm-hmm. let's do a little throwback to classic martial arts movies Sonny Chiba yeah, man. would be my Ryakin there you go uh, and then obviously my Lord Shin uh, and Kenshiro would be the leads from the Raid the Redemption Raid. it would be Donnie Almasaya and Aiko Uweiss that's great I would watch that it, yeah you would because the fights would be if nothing else the fights would be fucking phenomenal absolutely mm-hmm. hopefully there's some camera work too that's a little more uh, inspired than yeah. this film however though talking about this I would also like to see a version of this movie with Christopher Lambert as the lead yes, there you go oh as the lead not as, as, uh, you know what Christopher Lord Lambert Shin. as all of the characters <laughs> just, just, just he could be uh, Ryukin motion capture he could be every, I want Christopher Lambert in, in all of it I like that and maybe Nick Cage is one of the characters uh, ooh there you go mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's Ryukin there you go <laughs> he'd be Ryukin he'll, he'll do the narration who's uh the day I died. <laughs> now I'm doing Jay Bears. That was <laughs> everything's Jay. The day I died. All right. Well, I don't have a theme here. I just uh, I I searched inside and I tried to find uh, people who who I think could embody the characters we have here. So Charlie, the downtown Julie Brown. Downtown Julie Brown. Julie Brown. Says you missed it, but uh, my wife was trying to figure out. Like I asked her if she knew who downtown Julie Brown was, and she was like, "From that song." I was like, "What song are you talking about?" She she started singing the Cupid Shuffle. It was like downtown Julie Brown. No, that is not her. But I'm going with uh, Tiffany Haddish. She's, really? she's having quite a quite a career right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Asher, who is the, the female uh, Kevin Hart, the yeah. what? Tiffany Haddish, the female. Oh Kevin yeah, Hart. yeah, yeah. I guess she is. Isn't she? Yeah. Asher, who's the Mario Van Peebles senior. Right? Mel- Melvin Van. Peebles. Melvin, there you go. <laughs> Mar- <laughs> Marvin Van Peebles. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, how about with uh, when, I, when I saw him on screen I was like is that Ron Glass from uh, Firefly like Shepard Book no it's Ira Glass it's no <laughs> welcome to this American life fist of the new star I'm Ira Glass told in three act what he was uh, he was left for dead with the uh, the symbol of the Big Dipper uh, cut into his chest <laughs> he returned to uh, to find his girlfriend and also liberate the world we're going to be talking about Kenshiro 
today. From the School of the North Star. <laughs> right here on NPR. <laughs> this NPR station Cut brought to you. <laughs> smooth jazz. With a generous grand from. Uh, next, uh, Stalin, I got the Clint Howard character. You um, recast the Clint course, Howard? Of course, you're going to have Clint Howard in your film. He deserves to be recast. And, uh, uh, I got a <laughs> Look, toss sir, here. it looks like two big knockers. <laughs> it could be either uh, Steve Buscemi, Ooh. who kind of has that look. But I like, uh, Jenna came up with Wallace Shawn from uh, Princess Bride. Inconceivable. Uh, and then uh, Jackal, of course, uh, the Chris Penn, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. How about Danny McBride? Role. Can you see the leather face mask on him trying to violate poor Julie at the end? That'd be hilarious. You're yeah. fucking out. <laughs> Are you doing a Joe thing Do where like, it's no, all comedians? No, this, is no, this is no theme. Here. I would this totally dig that. Danny McBride, man. That'd be amazing. Bats? Hey, K.A. Where Ruth? are you going? <laughs> hey, pretty lady. What's the sleazy line? It's not easy being Me sleazy. sleazy. See, can't you picture him doing that? <laughs> yes, yeah, Brain can. exploding near the end? Bats, a.k.a. Rufio. Hello, AKA... shitheads. Rufio. <laughs> Sorry, I'll let you go. It's okay. Look what I found in the men's room. <laughs> I found some fireworks in the men's room. Would you all like to go light them with me? <laughs> I love that. What's the name of that movie? Hot Rod. Have you seen there Hot Rod? Yeah. Okay. Steven Yen. Uh, Glenn from uh, The Walking Dead. Yeah. As Rufio. He was on my initial recast. There you go. He's great. Uh, Julia, I went with... Uh, I almost went with Rinko Kaguchi, just because I wanted to say Rinko Kaguchi from Pacific Rim, but uh, you stole my runner-up, which was Constance Wu. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Claudia Kim, who is from uh, the Marvel Universe. She's uh-huh. one of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And, uh, Did you just say one of the Asians of S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> the agents, agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Annunciation is important. And also... Um, uh, the, the Harry Potter, what's the, the Fantastic Beast? She's in that now. She's a uh, Nigiri. Lord Shin, how about Michael Fassbender in that role? He can be uh, he can be imposing. Yeah, too. I like Fassbender. Ryukin, instead of uh, whitewashing that character, how about we get an actual uh, uh, Asian in there with Ken Watanabe? Ken Watanabe? Watanabe? Uh, Watanabe? I, I, whatever I do, it's going to be wrong. How <laughs> no, he's going to just I write always do this. <laughs> just Is that what it is? He's, he's like, it's Ken Watanabe. Watanabe. Ken Watanabe. Watanabe. What, 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 whatever. Whatever. <laughs> and then Ken Shiro, our lead. Uh, initially, I went with Mark Wahlberg, because you need somebody who... Uh, so you're, you're not going to white rush <laughs> the Ryukin character. But let's still go ahead and do that with the lead. Sure, why not? You may as well just make it Scarlett Johansson. But I didn't do, do I didn't do that. Uh, but I did go with uh, John Wick himself, Keanu Reeves, because yeah, you need right. somebody really? like you know what? dumb and innocent. But he's but also got Asian roots. He, th- there you go. There you really? go. He's yeah. at least one sixty fourth or mm-hmm. whatever he is. Yeah, that's really good. All that directed by uh, Quentin Tarantino knows a little something about uh, revenge films. Dude, there would be the fucking most boring fight scenes, though. <laughs> like, it'd be Ken and Shin, like, fucking talking to each other. Well, he already other. ripped off the five-finger death punch. It'd be bloody. Kill Bill. <laughs> it'd be very bloody. That's what he does, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Ends with the shocker. Yeah, so there you go. Quentin Tarantino's Fist of the North Star. Okay. You got it, Tess. Bring us home. Yeah. All right, all right. So I kind of had a theme for mine, too. Oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. So, um, so since this movie came out in '95, I was like, "Let me go from a '95 kind of theme or whatever." Oh, yes. Okay, I see so where I was you're like, going. I'm going to get people who were back from that time. And so, another movie Gotta that go was back in time. that was coming out that came out a year right after that. Mm-hmm. Actually, that was a big blockbuster that 
I took that's the theme I'm going with. The Titanic movie that came out. <laughs> yes. Holy shit. Yes. <laughs> what? Wait, what? Mm-hmm. So oh, we're going to have this movie directed by James Cameron. Of course. Of course. And so for our, let me start off with Julia character. I'm going to have Kate Winslet. Of play course. Oh, okay. Because, you know, beautiful, great actor. Sure. So that's kind of the road. I, that's kind of the route I went with this one. Because, you know, the acting in this was awful. So at least in Titanic, let's put that in there. Yeah. So Shin is going to be played by nobody other than Billy Zane. You know, yes. the antagonist in that movie. Love it. Put him in this one. And I feel like he would just look great with like a mullet also. Hell yeah. And just be able to pull that off. Um, Jackal, actually not from the, the Twilight movie, but just, you know, a good little nod to him. Our R.I.P. the great Chris Chris Farley. Put him in that oh. role instead of Chris Penn. Oh, I like nice. that. Okay. Although you can see him playing that role. Yeah. It ain't easy being sleeping. I'd love to see his head explode. <laughs> Holy shnikey. <laughs> <laughs> and um, our, last but not least, our Ken Shearer will be played by none other than Leonardo DiCaprio, Leo, of course. Man. Wouldn't he just kill that role? Yeah. yeah, he'd do pretty good there. Exactly. So I like that you guys both did a little bit of uh, Tarantino, where he did the uh, yeah. Leo DiCaprio. Can thing. I tag on to that? Because I think you can have the captain of the ship be uh, Ryukin. Yes. See, that's like I didn't. I only did five because I was like, honestly, the other, the uh, the Rufio character, I was like, I can leave him as being there because he was actually a great actor in that movie. Like, that kid did fine. Yeah, he did. He did fine. And I mean, the the I can think of a girl from a little girl from back in '95. Like, I literally googled like actors <laughs> from like at the top in '95 at that time to come up with this. Yeah. So, yeah. How, how about his uh, stereotypical Italian friend from Titanic? Who just screams bastardo throughout the entire film? He could be uh, the Rufio character. Nice. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Stop. yeah, 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 yeah. All right, cut that part. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Cut that part. Out. <laughs> no, I like that. Uh, all right. So, what are we going to do next week, Joel? <laughs> uh, so, um, here we are at the end of May. We've already uh, filled our our anime. The month of Jay. There you go. <laughs> um, so, schools out for summer. Uh, in the words of ACDC, no, Allison Chains. Cooper. Yeah, there you go. Alice in Chains. That was one of those. Um, school is out, uh, but we have one last chance to uh, to do a, a movie set in uh, either college or high school. I've got a lot of them on the list here, and uh, I don't want to wait three months. I don't want to wait for the summer to be over before we talk about a high school movie. And this time, we're going to go back. Um, I think this came out in, uh, let's see when it came out, 2004, starring uh, unknowns such as uh, John Hedder, Efren Ramirez, and John Grease in a little film called Napoleon Dynamite. And you can tell, listeners, wow. you can't because you're not watching, but uh, Joe is is crestfallen at this uh, news because uh, not a fan, I guess. I'm assuming from idiot. your body language. No, dude. I'm, idiot. I'm not, <laughs> I, uh, I'm, not, I'm not a huge Napoleon Dynamite fan. Well, how many times have you seen it, though? Uh, three times. Okay, well, maybe, the, maybe it takes that fourth time, Joe. Saw it in the theater. Come around. And, uh, and like... I thought it was okay in the theater, I, you know, and pe- everyone was, dude, fucking Napoleon Dynamite became the next Austin Powers, the way people were fucking oh, quoting yeah. it. Vote yeah. for Pedro ch- t-shirts and were so all over the place. I got tired of it really fucking quick, but the thing was, like, I saw it in the theater, was kind of lukewarm on it, uh, and then kind of watched it again in the rental realm and started enjoying it a little bit more until eventually I started to hate it again. 
It was like, you I know what? That. No, I'm not digging this. This was one of those films. It's like right place, right time, um, and uh, it, it was like like catching lightning in a bottle, Joe. Yeah, so we'll you got to rub it the right uh, way. That's right. <laughs> I did love Diedrich Bader in it as yeah, the, as well, the course, karate right. instructor. Yeah, that's right. Bow to your sensei. Well, hold it, hold it, Joe, for next week when we talk about Napoleon Dite. Dynamite. <laughs> Napoleon Dite. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, guys, uh, what the fuck do we say here? What, what is the what is the next? We bit? we wrap it up yeah, and ra- say thanks for coming along and uh, visit us on our uh, Facebook page. Yeah, go to Facebook uh, in the little search bar. Mm-hmm. Search for the editing bay up there. You're gonna see yeah. the lady with the bleeding eyes. Click on that. Click on it. Like it. Uh, share it with your friends. Spread the word about this little podcast here. Mm-hmm. We also so have if- a website. What is it, Joe? It's not. Editingbay.com. It's not editingbay.com. Oh. It's the editingbay. Is it the editingbay.com? No, it's uh, editing is it editingbay.com. Bay. Wait, hold on. It's tough. It's isn't not. It? It's not editingbay.com. <laughs> it's not the editingbay.com. It's editingbay.com. Not as easy go as there. It sounds. Check out pictures of us from our past shows. We got a T-shirt there. If you want to buy some merch, uh, it's uh, it's from the live show from five years ago. <laughs> where it's our Masters of the Universe. It's He-Man with the bleeding eyes. Mm-hmm. And so, if you dig on that, you dig on this shirt. Go ahead and buy it because Joel still has a crate of them left. That's right. <laughs> An assortment of sizes. Surely one of them will fit you. Uh, we've also got all of our past episodes that you could find because uh, iTunes only carries our past 100. Uh, so if you want to catch all of our episodes, you can go ahead and check those out at editingbay.com. Nicely done. Also, if you want to follow us on Twitter, Twitter handle is at the editing bay. The editing bay. <laughs> It's like Mushmouth from... Uh... Dude, no, it's it's this night. It's, it's It really this, is. Like, now we're totally turned around, but... Uh, punch drunk. Yeah, yeah. Check Just us out like, on, uh... on the Twitters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the editing bay. And it's where you can find out where we're doing the movie. Like, we announce where where we're going to be doing these movies. Yeah, usually. Well, not really where. Which movies they're going to be. We usually do them here. Uh, uh... Next week, join us for Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, where can we find that movie, Joel? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. Mm. Um... Mm. Let me see if it's on Netflix. Let me vamp here a little bit while I pull up Netflix and see. Okay, nap. This is me napping. Yeah. You know what I don't like about Netflix? They'll let you search for the film. Mm -hmm. It'll show up. Yeah, but but then it will not be there. They won't have it. And that is what's happening right now (laughs) because it is not on Netflix. So uh, I don't know. Rent it. Pay for it on iTunes. You know what? Or just pirate it. Bill Hader needs it. Not Bill Hader. Bill, not Bill Hader. John, John Hader. Hader. John Hader. <laughs> the same person, If basically. this movie had Bill Hader, I would be way more positive There's about it. There's my recast right there. Did you there. see that It 2? You haven't seen the first It movie, I still though. still have not. No. God damn oh, it. Wow. Have you seen It? Yeah, it Did you great. see the trailer for the new one? Yes. Fuck. It's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to wrap this thing up. Tess, Please. thank you so much for joining us Yay. for this again. Thank you, guys. We're going to have to have me. you on again. Um, what do you have going on? Is Tess Manda Kid uh, performing anywhere? Any? Uh, not anywhere soon. I'm still writing some music, just chilling right now. You got uh, your podcast or your, your web series? Yes, that uh-huh. will actually be airing um, June 27th. Okay. Um, once I get more, I'll hopefully be back, I guess, because yeah. you guys just invite me back for every anime. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. So I'll be back before that. So when I get more information on that, I'll have that to tell Sounds you guys. Sounds good. Cool. Guys, check out My Roommate is a Cat <laughs> on the, the Funimation <laughs> app. You can hear the dulcet uh, tones of one Joe Cucinati. Yeah, and when, I know, when, when I'm able to tell you more about my newest projects, I'll be able to let you know. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll announce it here first. Uh, but yeah, other than that, Dude, thank you so much for joining us on Facebook. Jeff, thank you very much, sir. Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Tess, 
thank you again. Woohoo! We'll see you guys next week Woo-hoo! for Napoleon Dynamite. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.